welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. This is Terry Barber with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And Bishop Strickland, welcome to another hour together to talk about Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> Thank you. We're talking about the Ten Commandments. We're on the Ninth Commandment. For those who just tuned in and you want to hear all the other podcasts, you just go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and look under podcasts. Our format is to talk about what Bishop Strickland is is tweeting. He tweets a lot. And thank you, Bishop Strickland, for tweeting so much. Your first tweet I'd like to ask a question about was down on October 20th. You said, because we got a big election coming up, and you said, use your vote to stop abortion. Thank you for saying that. It is the greatest moral imperative of our time. The issues that plague us are countless. But to vote for a candidate who promotes the killing of unborn children is to support that killing. It is the preeminent issue of this election. Use your vote, and I would say wisely. Bishop Strickland, we're right before a huge uh, debate over who's going to run America as the president of the United States for the next four years. We have one pro-life person, and we have one pro-abortion. And so you're not telling them how to vote other than use your moral conscience. Don't support someone who's for abortion. Is, is there a reason why you said it so clearly? And you actually quoted something that your brother bishops, at least the majority of them, agreed upon. Yeah, I believe it's an obligation that I share and really every believing person, but certainly bishops as leaders, we have the obligation to speak of the preeminent foundational reality of the sanctity of the life of the unborn. Uh, I really, as this has progressed toward the election, just in a few days now, November 3rd, um, what has struck me is that it really isn't an issue among issues. It is the foundation from which every other issue of the sanctity of life, the value of the person, can be addressed. Amen. If we don't establish that foundation, then everything else is undermined and um, that's really the choice we have to make. If if uh, the unborn child is not protected um, in any way, and that's the, the platform that one party embraces very um, powerfully, not unabashedly pro-abortion from conception until the very last moment in the womb, and then, you know, getting into even infanticide questions of a child born but not allowed to to thrive and to live. So that is a a foundation on which all the other issues, every other issue of humanity, whether it's euthanasia or human trafficking or the border issues or abusive children and families or abusive children period, just there's a sadly a long list of issues that threaten the sanctity of life. But we've got to acknowledge the foundation that that has to be built on is the most innocent, the most voiceless, and that is the unborn. Well said. And, you know, if, they, if you're not born, what other issue is there? You, you, you're not even alive to deal with any of the other issues. So well said. Bishop Strickland, you also uh, endorsed a Anglican ordinariate priest. I know him. He actually, he, you called him a courageous priest, speaks the truth about Joe Biden and the and the uh, Kamala Harris. And you said, please share this on social media 
Uh, it's a must-see homily. And, um, you know, you said every Catholic should listen to this wise and faithful priest. Why are you calling him, uh, first of all, why would you call him courageous? I, I mean, I, he's just saying the truth about the, the uh, policy of certain politicians. But is that, is that courageous today? It is, sadly. Um, it is, sadly, uh, courageous to to simply, as I've said, I mean, people have called me courageous, and I said, all I'm doing is reading the catechism out loud. Yeah. Um, but there are many, for whatever reasons, that are there are many leaders, and many people are simply not speaking to the issues. They're just staying quiet, and... That silence is leading a lot of people into a deeper darkness. So it is courageous, sadly. Um, and I've said that. It it saddens me that it's considered to be courageous, but it is. Yeah. It's going against the norm. It's going against the popular, uh, what's accepted and what people say, oh, well, that's great. And that's very acceptable. And that's very calm is not to address some of these issues and not to be clear as Catholics. Well said. Bishop Strickland, this happened just today, uh, yesterday, actually. Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed by the Senate. She's now one of the nine Supreme Court justices. And I found out something that might be of interest to you. <clears throat> she believes in Ephesians 5. It was today's reading uh, about the balance between men and women. And that she said her most important job on this planet is to be a, a good wife and, and mother, even before the Supreme Court, of this, you know, that she's on the Supreme Court. And I thought, wow, that's so Catholic to say something like that. And she was criticized by secular people saying, you see, that's why we don't want her. She's got some religious freak saying these things about her marriage and how ridiculous that is. Are you as excited as I am that she is now one of the Supreme Court justices? Yes, I actually tweeted, thank God, that uh, she was approved. Yeah. And that, for exactly that reason, um, we need strong men and strong women Amen. in marriage. It takes a strong woman to live <laughs> what St. Paul speaks of. But it also takes a strong man. Amen. It's both that what they we speak of is complementarity, and it's very important. Um, it is another foundational element for society. And without that complementarity between a man and a woman that St. Paul speaks of, um, we're in trouble. And so we're in trouble. If anybody would want Father Joseph Fessio, I'm bringing his name over there. Who's Father Joseph Fessio? Well, he's the founder of Ignatius Press, and 30-some years ago, he married my wife. He married, my wife was married. We were, got married by Father Fessio. He was the witness at our wedding, and he gave a homily on Ephesians chapter 5. And everybody who went to that wedding, Richard, my engineer, he's with me that long, 30-some uh, years ago when I got married, he had a beautiful homily on Ephesians 5, and if people want to hear it, I'll dig up the old video, and they videotaped it. I've sent it to people, and they go, wow! I had people in my wedding, uh, in the church, watching the wedding, say that that changed their whole view on their own perspective on uh, how, a, how a man and woman should reach each other, and he just touched them. And this is why the truth is what sets us free, and I think that sometimes, Bishop Strickland, we're listening too much to the world and not to the Word of God. So thank you for 
and pointing all that out to us. All right, I'm going to shift gears for a minute. Let's see, do we have the time? Yes, we do. We have a couple minutes to get into this next issue. And this is uh, something, two things. Uh, the you, you tweeted on October 21st, and we're going to talk more on the Terry and Jesse show tomorrow for those who want to go into this even deeper. But Bishop Strickland was trying to encourage people to read a document from the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith. It was June 3rd, 2003, Benedict XVI as, the, as, as Cardinal Ratzinger and St. John Paul II as Pope approved this considerations regarding proposal to give legal recognition to unions between homosexual persons. And uh, I think your point to reading this is because of a private statement by our Holy Father that might bring some confusion to people that you want to reassure people, if I'm reading you right, of what the church actually teaches. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Um, people were asking me questions about how do we, what is this? It's confusing. And I thought um, the best, most respectful way to yep. address it was to simply reiterate um, 17 years ago, the, the church gave a well-reasoned, well-thought-out, compassionate <laughs> answer, not attacking anyone, not denigrating anyone, right. but simply saying, this is what the, the moral teachings of the church guide us to, and we encourage people to embrace this truth. So I thought it was the most helpful way I could find to answer, you know, at least beginning an answering some people's questions without um, getting too deeply into it, but just present what the official teaching of the church is. Well, that's what we need, and that's what I call the perennial teachings of the church. And I, um, I also have quoted Vatican I, uh, which I don't mean to get into uh, the Vatican I, but Vatican I talked about the idea of, of the papacy as to be the custodian of the deposit of faith that's been handed on to us and a succession of succeeder of Peter. And so it's interesting, but I think we just we reaffirm to everyone listening that the official teachings of the church have not changed on this issue, that uh, if you read your catechism, uh, you read the official teachings of the church, you read your Bible. If you want, today I gave a bunch of scripture verses and catechism verses that taught what the church teaches in regarding people who have same-sex attraction, and we obviously have respect for them. But this brings me up, Bishop Strickland, to something that Cardinal Robert Seurat said in a book called God or Nothing. I read the book a year ago, and this might be a, a good teaser for the people when we come back from the break. Cardinal Seurat had some really sound advice to the folks who have same-sex attraction, and this would be something that you might want to share with your friends and family because I think, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you care for someone, you give them the truth with love and devotion. And I think that's what Cardinal Robert Seurat said in his comments regarding same-sex attraction. When we come back with the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, you'll hear what Bishop Strickland quoted. man once said that 
Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. Well, you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. And it's been said if we lose this war, and in so doing lose this great way of freedom of ours, history will report with the greatest astonishment that those that had the most to lose did the least to prevent it from happening. Well, I think it's high time now that we ask ourselves if we still even know the freedoms that were intended for us by our founding fathers. Every generation of Americans needs to know that freedom exists, not to do what you like, but having the right to do what you ought. You weren't made to fit in, my brothers and sisters. You are born to stand out, set yourself apart from this corrupt generation. Be saints. God bless you. If you shop on Amazon.com, there's an easy way to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Just visit smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center under the desired charity. Now, when you log into your Amazon account and purchase products, a portion of it will automatically go to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio at no cost to you. Thanks in advance for supporting CRC and VMPR. And may God richly bless you and your this family. This is Jerry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877 543 3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber. I'm with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And for the first two segments, we talk here for the format of those new people. We talk about the tweets from Bishop Strickland, and then we're going to be going into the Ninth Commandment. That'll be coming up right after this segment. And we, our whole purpose of this hour for Bishop Strickland is one purpose, introducing you to the person of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, because we both want to get you to heaven. And how do we do that? By proclaiming Jesus Christ as loud as possible with charity and clarity. Bishop Strickland, I quoted uh, Cardinal Robert Seurat's book, God or Nothing. And I would encourage people to get that book from Ignatius Press. Not just read this one quote from page 160. Read the entire book. It really, it really helped me really fall deeper in love with Jesus after reading his book. And so, any of his books are just so good. But here's what he said. And you quote, We cannot accept the propaganda and the pressure groups of the LGBT lobbies, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered. The chief enemies of the homosexual persons are the LGBT lobbies. It is a serious error to reduce an individual to his behavior, a specifically a sexual behavior. Nature always ends up having its revenge. Wow, that's strong language for the cardinal. Can you tell me why 
it's charity with what, what he did there was charity because I think it is charitable what he said. Sure. Well, truth is charity. Um, and exactly as he points out, the agenda that promotes uh, same-sex attraction and, and it's just like whatever um, you, your feelings guide you to, just embrace it. Yeah. Um, I've had many testify, basically, to me. Um, many people have contacted me and told me that that path does not bring happiness. It doesn't bring a fulfillment that they're looking for. Everyone, like St. Augustine says, I mean, certainly, and a lot of people don't know they're looking for God, but St. Augustine says so wisely, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Terry, I would say that even those sexual appetites, you might think, well, it's got nothing to do with God. I think it has everything to do with God. It's that hunger for fulfillment of being loved, beloved of God and being fulfilled in that way. That's what drives really all of our desires. If we think about our humanity, everything that drives us is ultimately driving us toward what only God can offer. And so, as you said, Cardinal Seurat offers the greatest charity, Mm -hmm. the greatest love by saying, you're not going to find fulfillment in these blind alleys that others want to lead you down. And what we have to recognize, I know we've talked about it many times as we have these conversations, but look at the money that is rooted in a lot of what these lobbyists and a lot of what their efforts are all about. It's about getting money and and transforming the, the um, it's about economy and it's about selling products and it's about an agenda that really has little to do with the value of the individual person. And people get caught up in this uh, without realizing they're being used. Yeah. And their their desires and their tendencies and their deep-felt desires are being manipulated, not for their good, but for marketing and for other people's purposes. And it can be to to influence votes or to market products, or for all kinds of ulterior motives, people's hearts are being played with. Mm -hmm. And that is not of God. That is not love. That is not charity, uh, because it's not the truth. And to masquerade it as the truth is not really loving other persons. I know the church is called bigoted, but the real bigotry is to ignore the value of the person and just say, here, you want to get into this lifestyle or you want to follow this path when it's contrary to what the word of God tells us. And it's contrary ultimately to long-term human experience. Um, It it doesn't last. It isn't life-giving for the individual in a a long-term way. I can only confirm and say that's been my experience. I don't know if you had the opportunity to meet Father Harvey, who was the founder of Courage, but in the 1980s, I used to record him at Human Life International Symposiums, and he started an organization to reach out to same-sex people 
but he never compromised the church teachings. And what I've found here in Los Angeles, I meet a lot of same-sex people, and I've had so many of them tell me, Terry, you're the first person who told me I have to live a chaste life. And I said, what? He said, yeah, I've been going to these meetings. I said, well, you need to get to the right meetings because, unfortunately, you're going to meetings at Catholic churches where the groups are not giving you what the Catholic Church teaches. I hate to say that, but that's just a fact. And I say it with love and devotion, but I've had several of these men and women thank me. I said, thank Jesus, because he's just using this bald-headed old man to give you the teachings of the church. No more. I didn't make my personal opinion, but I gave them the truth and charity, and they appreciate that because that's what sets people free. There's another archbishop, he's retired, who does that. I've known Archbishop Chapu for many, many years. I pronounce his name wrong, probably. Some people say it's a different pronunciation, but I uh, I used to record a lot of conferences in Denver for him, and uh, just been I just really like this archbishop. And you quoted, uh, I should say, Bishop Strickland, you quoted Archbishop Chaput, or you're actually quoting CatholicVote.org, which is an organization I want to recommend to people. I'll repeat it, CatholicVote.org. Brian's a good man who runs that organization. But here's what the archbishop said, and you retweeted it, and then I want your comments. He said, evil preaches tolerance until it's dominant. Then it seeks to silence good. Well, well said. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, I think the the, the good archbishop hits the nail on the head yeah. because it, it's promoted as tolerance, and then it reaches a tipping point where, you know, you and I are being called intolerant for speaking the truth. Yeah. And they won't tolerate anyone who doesn't buy the agenda they're selling. And I mentioned the word selling again because it, it – it is selling. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of profit being made on this whole machine, and they um, they don't want to tolerate contrary voices. Right. So it it really you know like I said the archbishop hits the nail on the head. I I'm sorry that you know he reached 75 and he's retired. I'm sure he's glad to be retired. Yeah. But we need voices like his. Absolutely. And he was a a very faithful teacher of the deposit of faith in his years. I'll never forget, this was 1990, I'm sitting with my four little kids in Denver because we're doing the Mile High Congress, and the archbishop comes up to my table. At the time, I didn't really know him other than letters, you know, but he comes up to me, so Terry, when is St. Joseph Communications moving to Denver? And I, huh. I said, well, Archbishop, I said, uh, uh, my gosh, I thank you for that. He said, I got a place for you for free rent. We want you to come. Well, I never did, but it was great. I was so grateful that he was so, you know, open to seeing us as a lay organization that was supporting the church. So I really have tremendous respect for him. Well, the last one for the uh, tweets are John St. John Paul II, the great. I use the great bishops, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, you quote him saying, the ultimate test of your greatness is the way you treat every human being. And I thought, wow, well said. Are you referring to the youngest human beings also? Absolutely. Every human being. And I think very, as so often is the case, John Paul II says it briefly, yeah. succinctly, but very powerfully. Um, and I think we really need to think about that from conception to natural death. Amen. What what calls to mind what it calls to mind for me is 
is the great commandment that we hear about in the gospel. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well said. Your neighbor is the child in the womb, the child in, caught up in human trafficking, the abused child, the, the hungry child, the, the adult that is threatened with euthanasia because they're not strong enough to resist any longer, the handicapped person. They're all our neighbor, like the gospel, the Good Samaritan story beautifully reminds us in what St. John Paul II is saying, St. John Paul the Great, I agree, um, <laughs> is saying every person, yeah. if you can see a person, then you have an obligation to love that person and to value their life. And that's why it gets um, the, the push and you know, it's another quote that I've seen, but when we establish that a group of persons are not human beings, mm -hmm. then we get in trouble. That's what happened with slavery. Yep. That's what happens in too many ways, even today, and certainly with the unborn child. People say, you know, oh, it's just a clump of cells. That is simply not the truth, not scientifically not experientially, it is more than a clump of cells. If, if the child in the womb is just a clump of cells, then both of us, every human being, we can be defined as a clump of cells also, but we're the same clump of cells as that child in the womb. Well said. Think of saying this back in the time of slavery. I'm personally opposed to slavery, but if you want to have your slave, that's okay. Now apply that to abortion. I'm personally opposed to abortion, but if you want to have your abortion, that's okay. doesn't work. And the Drudge Scott decision of the Supreme Court was reversed because it was wrong, and the Roe versus Wade decision is wrong, and that should be replaced also. That's really putting it quite simple. Bishop Strickland, before we take a quick break, which we got a minute, could you tell us a little bit? Oh, before I do that, I want to plug people. We have other shows on Virgin Most Powerful. So check our website out, our YouTube channel. We get thousands of new listeners every week. Bishop Strickland, can you tell us a little bit about your institute at the diocese at Tyler, please? Yes, the St. Philip Institute, St. Philip 1L. Just stphilipinstitute.org is the website, and it's dedicated to teaching. Mm -hmm. What we're really focusing on uh, now with Dr. Stacy Tresenkos, mm -hmm. the executive director, is helping the domestic church, Amen. like you and your wife, oh, to, to continue to be the strength of the church. Every parish, every diocese is made up of some millions of domestic churches, Amen. of individual homes with all kinds of different configurations. But the, the man in that family, the woman in that family, and all of the children or aunts and uncles or whoever is in that household living the call of Jesus Christ, that's a domestic church. Well, it can look very different, but it needs to be people dedicated to living moral lives following Jesus Christ. Go to the Tyler Diocese in Texas. When we come back, we're going to start the Ninth Commandment with Bishop Strickland. We'll turn that dial. We'll be right back.
Welcome, Daniel. You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, I just wanted to share a testimony about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a buddy at work who, you know, he's a lukewarm Catholic guy, and I wanted him to start listening to the Terry and Jesse show, so I kept telling him to download the app, and he kept putting me off. So one day, I grabbed his phone, and I downloaded the app <laughs> for him. I went on vacation, and you know, I kept telling him to listen to it. He was kind of put me off. I came back from vacation. He comes to my cubicle, and he says to me, Hey, man, I've been listening to Terry and Jesse's show, and it's great. And it's uh, made a big impact in his life. The guy, he's going to weekly adoration a couple times a wow. week. He goes to the Mass in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an on-fire Catholic, and he promotes the Terry and Jesse show on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Daniel, what a testimony, and I want to encourage our listeners to get those cards by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and uh, do what Daniel's doing. Go out and spread the faith by inviting people to listen to Virgin Most Powerful. Daniel, thanks for your testimony, brother. God love you. You're welcome. If you shop on Amazon.com, there's an easy way to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Just visit smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center under the desired charity. Now, when you log into your Amazon account and purchase products, a portion of it will automatically go to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio at no cost to you. Thanks in advance for supporting CRC and VMPR, and may God richly bless you and your family. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber, and this is actually my favorite part of the hour with Bishop Strickland. Why? I, I just love seeing bishops teach, govern, and sanctify. And as a layman, I did a lot of teaching to students over the years, catechism classes, and I always found that I learned when I would teach. I would go out and, and study a topic and then have to present it. I go, wow, this is exciting. And so what we've been doing for those who are brand new, we've been covering the Ten Commandments, and you can always go back on the podcast to listen to any of those by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. We're on the Ninth Commandment, which says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or his maidservant or his ox or ass, or anything that is your neighbor's. So everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with in his heart, which is what the gospel say. Uh, Bishop Strickland, I was looking at this last week and prepping for today, and every time I open up the catechism, I mean, it's gold in these pages because it's so rich and it teaches with clarity and charity. Paragraph 2514 says this, and then I'd like to have your explanation. St. John distinguishes three kinds of covetousness or concupiscence, lust of the flesh, 
lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In the Catholic catechetical tradition, the ninth commandment forbids carnal concupiscence. The tenth forbids coveting another's goods. Could you comment on that paragraph, please? Yeah, I think it's um, one thing that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. The, the ninth commandment is very much connected to the sixth commandment. And to, to have two commandments <laughs> that address sins against our sexual nature, yeah. I think tells us something. Of course it does. Um, it, it reminds us that it is so woven into humanity. And many of the issues that we face in the world today come down to a disordered living out of our sexual appetites. And that takes many different forms. Um, But I think it's significant that the ninth commandment raises the issue again, specifically covening um, a a neighbor's wife. Uh, it's, It's a reminder that we do tend to covet. Um, it's to me, it's closely tied to one of the deadly sins, the deadly sin of envy. Mm. Um, and when we see something or someone that is committed to or belongs to another person, we don't really speak of a person belonging to someone, but in marriage, you belong to each other. You're committed to each other. You have a you know, the, the church speaks of an exclusive right to that person um, in a mutual, like we were talking about earlier with Paul to Ephesians, uh, a mutual complementarity yeah. between the man and the woman. So to interfere with that, and that's what the ninth commandment is getting at, um, and it makes that distinction as we will eventually talk about the tenth commandment, it's talking about material goods. But the ninth commandment is primarily talking about those um, appetites of the flesh that, if we're honest with ourselves, are, are, I mean, the positive side is that's built into the human person, men and women, for positive reasons. It's part of our humanity, but it often does get distorted, and we see an awful lot of that in what's so-called sexual revolution Basically, the Sixth Commandment and the Ninth Commandment have been thrown away by the sexual revolution. But I don't think we could claim that humanity is in a better place because we've thought we could. We can't really throw away those commandments, no matter how much we may want to. Um, But attempting to throw them away, attempting to discount those commandments is harmful to the human family, to every human person. Well said. Just to confirm that, in America, one out of three people walking in America, 110 million people are walking with sexually transmitted diseases. America spends $16 billion taking care of people who are not living out that sixth or ninth commandment. So uh, when you said, are we better off? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine, Bishop Strickland, what would happen to our health care a bill that we pay every month for our family, it would go way down because when you spend $16 billion a year, that could be solved. You know, I always say the Catholic Church can help the economy. Well, how? Because by living in the commandments, your health class, care costs will go down. 
Bishop Strickland, you used the word, I used the word. I want you to explain concupiscence because that's a word that's not common for the common Joe. What's that all about? Well, it's rooted in the the original sin, the fall of Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. to embrace their desires rather than following the will of God. And certainly, specifically, it has the connotation of referring to um, any form of human desire. Mm-hmm. We hear that word desire, and very often we we translate as sexual desire. Certainly that is is part of it. But concupiscence is much broader than just the sexual appetites. It's, the, it's a disordered desire for anything, um, and that can take many different forms. It basically is a tendency that we all have. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all sinners. Um, we all have that tendency to, to choose what we want what, rather than what maybe deep down we know is the good thing and the right thing, but we concupiscence tempts us to choose. One way of describing it, I think, is is the temporary fix. Yeah. Concupiscence tempts us to to grab for the gusto, as the beer commercials say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> grab for all you can get yeah. now yeah. and not worrying about the consequences. Tomorrow, is this really going to be good for me? The next day, is it going to continue? Um, that's what concupiscence is, is get, grabbing the moment rather than living the the virtuous path, which often delays that fulfillment of desire, but ultimately guides us to a greater peace and to everlasting life. But the concupiscence is about grabbing the moment and squeezing all the pleasure out of it you can, sometimes sexual pleasure, but other kinds of pleasure as well. Bishop Strickland, before I go to paragraph 2516, is it a fair statement in Catholic theology to say that every person listening who's living in the state of grace and living in friendship with God has the graces to say no to themselves when it comes to temptation? Is that a fair statement of Catholic theology? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's what being in the state of grace, it, it doesn't give us a guarantee but it gives you the ability to say no to whatever concupiscence may be tempting you toward at that moment. Got it. Paragraph 2516 really lays out our body and soul. I think sometimes we need to hear this again. At least I thought it was good. It says, because man is composite being spirit and body, there already exists a certain tension. You were just talking about that in him, a certain struggle of tendencies between the spirit and the flesh develops. But in fact, this struggle belongs to the heritage of sin. It is a consequence of sin and at the same time, a confirmation of it. It is part of our daily experience and the spiritual battle. Does that mean every day we have to say no to ourselves, Bishop Strickland? Or is is this something that, um, I mean, in this paragraph kind of explains uh, the, that the only value in saying yes to God is that we have the freedom to say no. Absolutely, and it, and it does probably happen many times a day, yeah. every day. I get tempted. And, it, and one thing that I would point out that we all have to be aware of is small steps in the wrong direction mm. 
can begin to snowball, can begin to take us further and further. Because as you were saying, if you're in the state of grace, mm -hmm. the, the love of God and that uh, grace that comes from God's mercy in your life and the forgiveness of your sins, because, you know, if you're in the state of grace, that doesn't mean you've always been there, but you can return to the state of grace by going to confession and contritely asking forgiveness of your sins. The Lord is ready to forgive us. But if you're in the state of grace, you have that strength to be able to make the, the choice. But if you're not in the state of grace, then you're weakened and it, it becomes harder to resist the temptation. And that's um, addiction develops when you've wandered so far that actual chemical dependencies of one form or another, even sexual addic addictions, the scientists tell us, are rooted in chemical reactions in the brain right. that begin to take some of that freedom away. So um, the greatest freedom is to be in the state of grace and you have the, the help to live, live as a, a child free before God and free to choose the light. Um, but all of us are influenced and tempted to, to wander away from that path of light. And that's where we need to continually um, confess our sins, make a good examination of conscience, seek to form your conscience more fully in the Word of God, in the teachings of the church, in studying the catechism. Um, I'm sure some people would shy away from studying these commandments because it may wake you up to some things that you're habitually doing wrong right. that need to change. And remember, if that's where you find yourself, God's love is there to call you back closer to him. That's what the great commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor is yourself, and it's all rooted in this. Well said, Bishop Strickland. And I want to recommend to people that we have Archbishop Fulton Sheen's Life is Worth Living, 50 <clears throat> half-hour shows. Anybody who wants it, just give us a donation by calling 877-526-2151. Pick it up because this is Bishop Sheen giving you instructions on the faith. When we come back, I want Bishop Strickland to talk about what we call the custody of the eyes and how that helps one stay in the state of grace. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful. We'll be right back. on apologetics you have entered into virgin most powerful's apologetics dojo where we go wall to wall with defending explaining sharing the faith master apologist carlo broussard carlo welcome to hands-on apologetics hey gary it's great to be back in the dojo my friend master apologist ken hensley welcome to hands-on apologetics good to see you again gary good to be with you michael barber welcome you have entered into the virgin most powerful's apologetics dojo Gary, thanks for having me on. We are chatting with Master Apologist Carl Keating. Gary, it's great to be back with you. Coming into the dojo is our good friend Steve Ray. Thank you, Gary. Good to be here. Tim Staples, welcome to Hands-On Apologetics. 
Hey, it's great to be with you, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Join many others in Gary Machuda's Apologetics Dojo. We have some of the best Catholic apologists in the nation. Streaming live weekdays from 10 to 11 a.m. Pacific. Hands-on apologetics on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. This is Terry Barber. I want to for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber, and I'm always telling people I'm too blessed to be stressed and too anointed to be disappointed because I get to share the gospel with people through the Bishop Strickland Hour, and I'm excited about that. I asked Bishop Strickland to comment on a term that's kind of old-fashioned, but thanks be to God, a good priest told me when I was in high school about the custody of the eyes. Why is that important regarding the Ninth Commandment, Bishop Strickland? that so often come at us mm-hmm. and in in our modern society that is is challenging for all of us a, a custody of the eyes mm-hmm. because actually uh, the advertising industry is working against us that's right um, many things uh, you know you've probably all heard sex sells yep so cars um, Clothing, virtually everything can be sexualized and sometimes very explicitly. I was talking with a young dad just recently and he said, you know, they're, you know, just driving from their home to someplace. Yep. Trying to, you know, and the little boy is only five years old, but he sees this big poster on the bus as it goes by. Yep. Daddy, what's sex in the city mean? You know, yep. um, with some scantily clad actresses probably yep, that's right. on the on the poster. And, you know, I'm sure that you and I and in the Catholic Church, if people pay attention to what the church teaches, oh, the Catholic Church is a bunch of prudes and so concerned about all of this. But I mean, just like the uh, the recent movie that there was a lot of commotion about. Cuties, I think it was that's called. Right, that's right. And uh, people protested it on Netflix, yep. which it, it should be protested yep. because, Absolutely. as people pointed out, thankfully, there are still many people, even not all just people of faith, but hopefully anyone who has faith automatically knows. But even just people with 
with a, an understanding of the basic common good would recognize that having little girls depicted in sexualized ways yes. is not um, promoting custody of the eyes, no. is not for their sake or for the sake of whoever may see those images. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that you know, custody of the eyes probably very seldom even is mentioned, yeah. but it's something we really need to pay attention to because how do we, how often we are tempted by what we see, not just sexually, but, you know, there are a lot of things that what we see can tempt us to, to not follow the path that we know God is calling us to. So custody of the eyes, certainly in sexual issues, but with everything. Yeah. I mean, if if you're really, you know, looking at someone else's beautiful sports car with great envy, you know, if you just run with that yeah. and you don't say, you know, that's their car, if you don't sort of control yourself, then that can lead to saying, hey, you know, I might have the opportunity to steal that car or to steal enough money to buy get my own car. I mean, that custody of the eyes is about battling concupiscence, Amen. really. Amen. Um, certainly in sexual matters, but in all kinds of other ways also. Just to give everybody an update on that, uh, Cuties from Netflix. Uh, good news, 800% increase in cancellations to subscriptions to Netflix because Christians and people of just common sense said that's enough. I'm stopping my subscription to Netflix. And I'm just going to repeat it right here on the Bishop Strickland Hour. If you're a subscriber to Netflix, vote with your Catholic conscience and say, you know what, I don't need you if that's what you're going to do because we have to vote with our Catholic wallet, so to speak. In other words, don't support these organizations that are corrupting people. That's just common sense, but common sense ain't that common. Thank you for that clarification on on the custody of the eyes. The next section of the catechism, Bishop Strickland is talking about the purification of the heart. And just a quick note, everyone, this is being played on YouTube, uh, on on the um, uh, all the other social medias. There's lots of things that we're putting it on. Uh, and so one of the interesting things is when we did the Sixth Commandment, I got a note, and I'll say it publicly because I, I'm just going to be up front. I got a a a, a um, warning from YouTube saying that our show on the Sixth Commandment offends the general public of YouTube. And I'm going, I, I can't believe I got this letter. I'm going to hang on to it because that really is what I would consider, you know, you're doing something right when the world is telling you you can't you know, teach the Ten Commandments. But that's how bad it is. And that's why I appreciate Bishop Strickland going through, you know, the Ten Commandments to teach people this because the secular media, they don't want to hear it, but we have to preach it whether they want to hear it or not. So here's the section, the purification of heart, paragraph 2517. If you're get your catechism, open it up, highlight it. The heart is the seat of the moral personality. I've never heard that stated so succinctly. The heart is the seat of moral personality. Out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication. The struggle against carnal covetousness entails purifying the heart and practicing temperance. Wow! What great advice! Can you unpack that for us? (laughs) 
Well, it, it gets to the idea that what the heart expresses is making moral choices yeah. between good and evil. And, um, you know, I, one thing that it calls to mind for me is nothing has ever happened in human history that didn't start as a thought. Ah, well, someone had the idea to do wonderful things, to invent things and to promote good and to help others. But also, evil thoughts mm. or evil starts with someone thinking evil and then acting on it. The same one, the same way good starts with someone thinking good and then acting on it. I think that's what the catechism is getting at. The root of that, the, the seed of that is what we express as the human heart. That what makes us human? Uh, animals don't choose to attack another animal the way we choose to. They are driven by instinct, and they know their enemies, they know their, their, their friends. We are the unique part of creation that can make those choices, and those choices are made from the heart, from that deep-seated conscience where we choose right and wrong, good and evil. Um, and and I think it's a I think to me what I'm reminded of is that every good action starts with a thought. Mm -hmm. um, that's and that's kind of getting to the heart of it. No pun intended. That I get it. you know that's where because you know whatever your thoughts are, thankfully those are private to you. Those are between you and God. And then how you act on those thoughts. You might have a bad thought that you reject, and that's your heart reacting to evil and saying no. That's a well-formed conscience saying, no, I'm not going to take that bad. I'm not going to act on that envious thought or whatever kinds of lustful thought. Um, it's all connected. I mean, going back to the custody of the eyes, if you see something and you think, ah, oh, that looks gorgeous, I want that, mm -hmm. then it can begin to distort your actions. Uh, the In good conscience, you say, you may see something, but then you say, no, I'm not going to act in a sinful way in response to what I've just seen. And so that speaking of the heart as the very seat of making those moral choices, I think gets down to what it means to be children of God, the, the unique part of uh, creation that is able to make moral choices. Bishop Strickland, we only have a couple minutes left. I want to get your blessing, but I also want to remind everybody the practice that Catholics call the examination of conscience and how important that is. Could you just give an example of what, like, you, like I know what I do every night. I do an examination of conscience, and then I pray an act of contrition. This is what I taught my kids when they were young, and then we would, uh, we would do it as a family. We would Count the blessings of the day. And that was every day before they would go to bed. Examine the nation of conscience through the Ten Commandments, and then count the blessings. But what would you recommend to our listeners as adults now? To uh, should they continue to do this practice, or am I too antiquated in my practice? No, I think absolutely we need a, a daily examine, yeah. as it's called, examination of conscience. And what I like for people who may not even be familiar with the term. Uh -huh. Um, I go back to the confidier. Oh, yeah. I think it gives us a good basis 
in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Excellent. So how have I sinned in thought? How have I sinned in word? How have I sinned in action? And how have I sinned in inaction? That's a good basis to start from. I mean, I think if you honestly begin to ask yourself that daily, certainly there are other more classic uh, examinations of conscience where you can really Mm -hmm. go through the commandments or go through the deadly sins. I like to do that. I mean, I'd encourage everyone to memorize the list of deadly sins and ask yourself, how have I lusted? How have I been gluttonous? How have I been greedy? How have I been wrathful, slothful, envious, and prideful? Mm. I mean, that gives you plenty to think about. And not, again, for those who may be just beginning to, to, to even consider a daily examination of conscience, it's not about saying, oh, I'm a terrible person and beating yourself up and saying I'm no good. It's really the opposite. It's reminding yourself you're beloved of God. There is basic goodness in every person. But where are you not living up to that goodness? And be honest with yourself and and ask God to help free you from that darkness and that sin that ultimately doesn't bring happiness, but brings brokenness. Well said, Bishop Strickland. Excellent. Again, I want to ask your priestly blessing, especially on our folks who are trying to uh, bring our nation to a more moral guide in voting. And I would ask you to uh, give us a, a blessing to all the families that are listening, please. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all listening, especially as we do approach this important election, that we might form our consciences and be guided by your word, by the teachings of your church, and by the message of real love that challenges us to turn from sin and live the virtues of the gospel. May everyone be blessed as we approach this election and make the best choices possible. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you again, Bishop Strickland. And for those who are just the first-time listeners, check out our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, and listen to all the shows that we put on. We have one focus to get you to heaven and introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. This is Terry Barber with Virgin Most Powerful. I'm signing off until next week. Oh, and by the way, if you go to Terry and Jesse's show, Bishop Strickland will be our guest on the October 28th. We'll be back with more with another show. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests Oh my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole church, grant it love and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to Thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou Thyself maintain them in holiness. O Divine and Great High Priest, may the power of Thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of Thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.